Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about the excitement from the day, I guess, because the win was kind of, you know what it was. But the day was a little bit different. So the story was all about kind of the day and the win, et cetera. But that's up on ESPN.com. Now I'll have a story up on Sam Howell's day as well. And I'm talking to you Monday night, so I believe that's going to be up Tuesday. Anyway, some of that I'm going to cover here, but you can read it on ESPN.com, I hope, on Tuesday. So there you go. And today all I'm doing is, well, actually, another reminder. Later tonight, because you'll hear this Tuesday morning, later tonight I'll be doing a live, another live YouTube live stream show. I think I got that right. A live YouTube streaming show. I'm botching that somehow. Anyways, 8.30, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders. Typically, we're going to go a little bit earlier on Tuesday nights, but this time we're pushing it to 8.30. So tune in, bring your questions. But I wanted to do a little video based off some of the stuff I've watched and learned over the last day since the Commanders 20 to 16 win over the Cardinals. I'm going to try and do this every week so you can get something Tuesday morning. So that way you go from Sunday night after the game. You don't have to wait two full days to Tuesday night to find out a little bit more about what went on. And I liked, as you know, I like to rewatch the games. I learn a lot by doing that. I watch these plays a lot and because I, I try to learn more. And when I'm watching a play, folks, I'm watching it usually about eight, nine times or so just to get a good feel for what's going on. Because usually, not every play am I watching that much anymore, but with the plays I need to know, I'm going to watch that much, and I watch every play again. Anyway, so there you go. So today, I'm going to focus on Sam Howell, starting with the sacks, because I think that's important. Because the perception is, oh my God, they gave up six sacks. The offensive line sucks. Well, after watching it, the line is not to blame for all these sacks. So I'm going to go through each one and just kind of let you know what happened because I don't like lazy narratives that form. Now, I'm not saying the line was awesome. There are some things they have to clean up. I will say, and they're going to face better fronts. That's part of the problem here. We all know that. But I, I think there are some things you say, okay, this is correctable. This is correctable. Now, you have to correct it. You have to improve and build off that because if you don't, you're going to face better fronts. They're going to eat you up and you're going to face teams. They're going to challenge you a little bit more. The, the Cardinals did do it. They rushed four a lot of times, but there were a lot of times where you weren't sure which four were coming. They throw some overloads. And one play I'm going to talk about later with how they throw some overloads that would put the line in a little bit of a stress um, because of that. So some well-designed defensive rushes by John, by John Gannon and company for the Cardinals, but they are going to face better fronts. And so they are going to have to clean some things up without a doubt, but it's not just on the line. That's why I always say when you talk about pass protection, it's way more than just line. You can have your own opinion on it, 
but I'm just telling you, based on watching it, I'm going to go through these sacks to see what went wrong on each of them. So let's start with the first one. <clears throat> um, first of all, the play action fake, I don't buy it. Not great. I don't think, I think the fakes can be a little bit better. Howell kind of eyes Terry McLaurin most of the way. Inside linebacker blitzes, defensive end drops, and then Nick Gates get, loses inside. In about It was about 3.23 seconds, which 2.5 is what you would consider a win or a loss for, for your block. So in, a, in those pass rates, um, so Gates could have done a better job inside there, but there were some other issues on the play. So there you go. That's one. The second one was an RPO to, was designed as an, it's an RPO. So you have 17 McLaurin with the bubble to the right side with, with Jahan Dotson as the blocker, Brian Robinson in the backfield. I actually really liked this play if he had handed off, but I'll get into that in a minute. But on this play, the reason why it's a sack is because he sees the defense. He sees an outside linebacker start to hedge back to dropping and it causes him to hesitate. So he pulls the ball back down and he runs and takes off zero yards considered a sack, not on the line. It is on, it's on, you can, there are a couple of reasons why it happened, but if you're going to throw the ball, you got to throw the ball now. So boom, you fake, get the fake, boom, you go. That's what they want him to do. So he just kind of got, I think he got hesitated by how the outside linebacker reacted. Experience cleans that up. So, you know, that's, and I know he ran the RPO in college, sort of doing it at a different speed in the NFL. Experience matters there. Third down and 10, the third sack, Cardinals show six, they rush four. This is one where Logan Thomas loses on the edge. Again, you're not blaming the line here. So, and I'm not saying the line was flawless. I'm just saying like they did, they weren't responsible for everything. They had some issues. It wasn't just their fault. And this one, you have Logan Thomas blocking one-on-one and um, two, two deep routes were run. Couldn't hold up. And he, he loses his guy in around just around 2.5 seconds. So I said, that's the line there loses. I think just under that. So needed to hold up a little bit better than he did. Um, fourth sack. This is the, this was the disaster play. And this is one where Andrew Wiley, I saw some people kind of ripping on him. It's the only play where I saw where he did a really bad job on, on, on a, on a, on a pass set spin move to the inside, just get beat a really nice spin move. Wiley gets beat. There you go. No excuses for the guy, but it's the one play where he really on the pass protection where I saw like, okay, that was an issue for Wiley, but, but it was a sack fumble. In that case, Hall has to do a better job also of not, you know, not compounding the mistakes, but then taking care of the ball. And I don't, I think he got surprised that the guy was there, that the guy got to him, but he did. It's a fast game. And, but again, Wiley lost on the spin move there. Fifth sack. This was again on the line. And this is on Nick Gates because everybody else handled the job well. You see, it's a slide, it's supposed to be a slide protection to the left. And Sadiq Charles blocks a guy. Gates has to come over and pick him up. And then Charles goes to help Charles Leno. Handles it right. Gates doesn't come over. Why? I don't know. He didn't know why. He just he just told me after the game that he missed, he botched it. You see this line handle the same protection very well to the other side a couple of times. Like there were a couple of times they slid to the right. And you saw Sam Cosme engage his man. Gates comes over, picks him up. Cosme goes and helps out Wiley on the play as it's designed to happen. Didn't happen here. Again, it should be easily correctable, but you have to learn why does that happen? I don't know because this is a conversation I'd like to have with some of these guys. And this is what you do sometimes on like on a Thursday or Friday, just kind of like, hey, not trying to rip on anybody here, but can you explain what happens on that, that 
what that four guys do the right thing and one guy who is a center who's in charge who helps with with the line calls doesn't do the right thing did something you know so that that's a confusing one but it's correctable it wasn't a physical mistake the last one charles gets beat on that so okay line right but um brian robinson when he's running through the hole charles gets pushed back a little bit robinson then trips over charles's right foot and i don't know it, it I don't know if that's what caused him to stumble back or get pushed back or lose his balance, but that's what happened. So whether or not it's, it's, it's um, because of the trip or not, Charles gives up the sack and there you go. So for the most part, I think the line did in pass protection, there were some decent things that you saw. And I think one guy to me that stood out was Sam Cosme. And I thought he did a pretty solid job all game with that. And I haven't gone back yet to look at all the runs. I re- really focused hard on the pass, the passing by Howell and as well as the, the sacks. There was one time on the 17 yard pass play to Cole Turner. You go back and watch that the Cardinals, again, they did a good job of overloading the left side. So yeah, they have, they had a couple guys, they had like two guys drop from that side replaced by two guys. Suddenly you get a three on two to that side. So you get a free rusher Cosme who's on the other side, sees what's going on, playing playing with awareness, very good job by him, comes over and basically cuts the guy enough to bump him off stride. Howell steps to the right, hits Turner with the play. But that's a credit to Cosby. I thought that he did a nice job in protection. Again, outside of the one play by Wiley, he held up in protection as well. So the sacks were a mixed bag. Line has to be better. I get that. I'm not saying that. But it was a mixed bag, and that's where some of the stuff on how some of it's on how you know there are a couple of times where you got to get through your progressions a little bit quicker, and so and then Logan Thomas has to hold up in protection. His blocking was an issue last year, and they hoped that some of that was due to coming back from the knee injury. They felt like he had more confidence as a route runner by the end than as a blocker. He's got to hold up better. So um, anyway, I don't know that they, I'm not trying to give you guys false hope about the line. I'm just trying to give you, this is what happened on their six sacks. Never just one or the other. It's always going to be a, usually, usually a combination of factors. And in this case, that was, that was the case. But again, the line was definitely to blame for a few of those, just not all. And, and so now, you know, and so, you know, whether or not you want to believe it, that's on you. That's up to you. I'm just telling you what I saw based on going back and watching it again. And then you're talking to a few people about their thoughts. Um, but I try to do this based on not what my initial thought was, but what is it that I saw on, on re-watching the game and doing it a few times. And then again, trying to talk to a few people who I consider experts just to see the, am I seeing it right or, or what? And, you know, so there you go. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code KIM, K-E-I-M, to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Let's talk about Howell's day too, because again, kind of a mixed bag. And it's funny because I looked at his total QBR for the day and it was right in the middle of the NFL. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of appropriate because that's about how his day was. And there, were, even Ron Rivera told us at his press conference today that there were times you're like, hey, really good rhythm. They're really good throw, whatever. There are other times you're like, what are you doing? And that sums up his day. I think the good thing for Howell is a lot of the things that he, there were he, I wouldn't say struggled with, but had some issues with are all things that are just to me, in a lot of cases are corrected by experience. And I, I also think, you know, I know that even on, the, on my post-game podcast and even during the game, I thought I'd like to see a little bit more Brian Robinson in that first half. They were very heavy run pass to run. And I'd like to see a little bit more Brian Robinson. Not, I don't know that they're ever going to become this power running team. Remember, he stayed, he's been with Andy Reid for a long time. That's not Andy Reid's style. So He's bringing that style to Washington. Do they have the personnel to play the way that he wants? I think you can debate that. And so, you know, if you want to play that way, you're going to have to do a little bit more on the quick game to get some things going in the open field. And there were also a couple of times, like even on some throws in the quick game to like Curtis Samuel, where a ball has to be delivered just a little bit better to give him the chance to turn and run and turn into more yards versus having to turn you know, turn around, kind of turn back, resettle your feet, and then try to go a little bit hard to make it miss when you when you have to regain your momentum. Anyway, so I don't know if they're going to ever become that kind of a running team that you'd want. I do think they can do it better, and I do think they can do it more. And I do like the guy they have in Brian Robinson, and you know, as a runner. So can you incorporate him a little bit more early in the games? I think the answer is yes. Anyway, so let's get back to Howell's day. I, and one thing that Rivera said too during the presser, you have to have patience with him. And this is something that we, a lot of us have talked about that it's only a second start. 
It does not happen. Like how I think can be a good quarterback. And I've been saying this, but I don't know when, because it takes time and you have a new offense and you do have a line that however good they're going to be, they're not there yet because they just started playing together. You can't be a good, you can't be the kind of unit you want to be. And you can't be a really good, you can't be a good unit yet because they don't have that individual talent to be that way. So you have to play collectively very well and it does take time. So can they get there? And that's going to be the big question. And again, with the line, I have not gone back and looked at the run game enough to say, I'm just talking about in protection. Um, it wasn't, you know, just to be clear, it wasn't just all on them anyway. So, but with, with how they're, the good thing is I think a lot of those mistakes are correctable through experience. And I'm going to give you a couple examples. There were, um, oh man, a couple of times with the RPOs and I'm going to bring up one, the one to McLaurin that I brought up with the sack. So in that one where he can help himself, first of all, don't hesitate in just what they want to do is, you know, you you make the decision, get rid of the ball, right? Because McLaurin probably gains about three, four yards on that play, which is better than none, which is what Howell gained by keeping the ball. It wasn't in danger of being picked or anything like that. If you're going to hesitate, then tuck it and run. That's fine. But the purpose of those is to get four or five yards of play. It's the extended handoff, right? Well, on that one, I think that's what they that's what they'd like him to do is if you're going to do it, just do it, get a few yards, get to the next play. But the real play on that one was handing it off because the RPO worked really well on that because the linebacker, the outside linebacker does start dropping into the lane. Not, he's not anywhere in danger of getting the ball, but he's in danger of getting being able to put himself in position to make a quicker stop on McLaurin if he gets the ball. But the inside linebackers were sitting back and they got some double teams up front. They had a chance to get, you know, five or six yards on the run, but it's one where say, okay, that's one where you should have run the ball, but if you're going to throw, do it now. Oh, the other one, the other one that I would like to have seen him, and I know that he's got to regret this one. They had a well-designed play to Deami Brown. Runs a jet action into a wheel and just down the side. And it looks like Howell sees him. And for some reason, he hesitates and he comes off him. He still hits Jahan Dotson for 12 yards. But man, that's his, that's his boy from Carolina. That could have been six. If you put it out there right, it is six because they're not going to catch Deami. That's one where it's like, I was really surprised Knowing, knowing Sam, following Sam, watching him in practice, watching him, watching his stuff from Carolina, that's a play that he's going to make. I, I guarantee he's sitting there thinking, why didn't I throw the ball? But, and I will ask him that on Wednesday, but it's one where, again, that's just, he's going to make that throw. Like you present him that situation again. I really, really doubt that he's going to hesitate at all again, because it was there and it was a well-designed play. And I've seen that guy hit it. He likes to throw it on the field. It's just to me, you know, that one. All right. So and the touchdown really like this one and go watch it. We're putting a picture up from that one. You can see he is surrounded by five. I think it's like five Cardinal players there. <clears throat> he extends the play. Now he doesn't just for whatever, just he doesn't leave the, he's in the pocket for almost three seconds. That's good protection there. He extends the play by going out to the left, running, scrambling left. He extends it to six seconds before he throws, but a really good job. Now he knows that he doesn't have anything there when he's running. You, he just, his strength is not running and turning the corner. His strength, I think I told you after the game, his strength to me is running between the tackles, using a little bit of elusiveness and his toughness to then break. You know, he can maybe sometimes get the corner, but that's not going to be what he does. He's not a big time burner, but he can, he's got enough elusiveness and toughness and competitiveness to hurt you inside. But on this one, he does a great job of keeping his eyes upfield. Then that throw back, it's like 
He's got a baseball background, folks. He could have played in college. So that's one to me. It's like if you're, you know, um, shortstop getting to the hole and you got to throw back across a diamond or you're flipping it a second, whatever. That's that kind of an arm slot. And he doesn't, he just threads the needle between some of these defenders. And I put that one up here. My son, Matthew, put that one up here for you as well to see just a picture of that, to see what it looked like, but a really good job on that play. On the interception, the only thing, I mean, it's a tip ball. So, you know, the only thing I wondered about when I'm watching it live is, did he have, was Dotson open and watching the all 22? I think if he lets, if there's no tip and he can get Dotson to the inside, he's got a shot at a probably 15, 20 yard completion, but the ball gets tipped and then it's danger. And that that's all she wrote. So yeah, I think, you know, I don't think it would have been in danger of being intercepted by someone else coming to Dotson because the defender breaks on it to toward Dotson, but he's, he gets there because the ball gets tipped. And I mean, it makes it look like he got there quicker. I think the ball may have gotten to Dotson um, there. And I brought up also on, I brought up the, the pass to Turner, but I also want to talk about with, with, um, with Hall on that play, Cosby does a great job and he makes that play. He gives Howell the ability to make that play. But Howell does a good job of just, he felt it. He, slide, he took two steps to his right. Eyes always upfield. He doesn't look at the rush. And I think that's a really good thing. And he delivers a nice ball to, to Turner. Turner uses that wide catch radius to make the make the grab. But a good job by Cosby, good job by Howell, a nice catch by Turner. And so a good completion overall. And so I think that was a, a nice job there. Problem on that drive is that ended in a fumble. But I told you, like, what I really like with, with Howell is just the way he responds to these negative situations. Against Dallas, he throws the interception, leads a drive that ends in a missed field goal. Now, 52 yards, but he drove, but he doesn't get rattled. And then you have Sunday after the interception comes back, leads another drive, Gibson fumbles. After the interception, excuse me, after the sack fumble, leads a really good touch, excuse me, field goal drive. But the point is, each time they he put them in position to get points, and through not his mistakes, they didn't get points on two of them, but he put them in position to do it. So I really liked on, on the sack fumble drive, the first play is a three-step drop, good rhythm, balls out to Jahan Dotson, 14 yards, two plays later, disaster. But on the next drive, five-plant step throw to Logan Thomas, 19 yards, just good rhythm. And that's what you like to see. Um, also on that drive, five-step plant throw to Curtis Samuel, well-timed, good rhythm, 32 yards, really nice job. And um, the, oh, there was there was another one, though, that I wondered a little bit about where he looks, he's got Dotson on the left side. He wants to go to him. And if you get to him right away, as soon as he turns, he may have a chance to get four or five more yards after the catch. But he looks at him, and for some reason, he takes a quick glance to his right, just a quick glance, then works back to the left to Dotson. If you're watching, you see my little action there. Like, that's quickness right there, baby. Um, but you see, you. but he works quickly back to Dotson, gets it to him, only gets like five yards, could have gotten another four or five. He just stay with him and hits him right now, because I think that was the right call there. I'm not quite sure what he caused him to look a little bit, glance to the right. But again, these are like, that's not a physical thing. That's a that's a experience thing. That's a getting used to doing this at game speed against more and more and more defenses. And the more reps he sees, I think the better he'll get at that. That's why I'm 
I'm certainly not discouraged in how at all after that game. Maybe some of you are. I'm not because I still think that the traits that he shows are still conducive to having some level of success. It's just I don't know yet to what level or to when he's going to get there, but he's got to go through these kind of situations. And they're fortunate that they won the game. I don't think this the overall game that they played is not going to be good enough against better teams. So, and that means taking better care of the ball. You're going to have to clean up some of those protection issues. And again, protection, not just line, overall protection, because you're going to face better fronts than what you did. And you're going to probably face some teams you may want to run the ball a little bit more on, um, you know, and so there you go. But Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Last one I'm going to talk about is the touchdown on the run. Just, I mean, just a good, just a good decision to... He had he may have had a shot at Logan Thomas, who got would have got caught the ball around the one. There were a couple guys about maybe two, you know, a yard deep in the end zone. Does Logan the only question I would have is does he break would he have broken the plane on that? They're gonna certainly attack him. If you lead him right, he can lead him into the end zone. I don't know for sure that he would have made it, but it was a really nice job by Howell. Goes to the left side. The other thing that you notice in the play. Jahan Dotson's running crosser, and I think Dotson thinks he's going to try and cut to the outside. So he starts to wall off the the, his, the the guy covering him. But by doing that, he doesn't hook him, but he obstructs him enough that the defender cannot then react to how cutting back to the inside. So a nice assist there from Jahan Dotson, but a good run from Howell. Like I said, he's a competitive guy. Those are his kind of situations. In some ways, his game reminded me a little bit of a Taylor Heineke effort where, you know, some things that did not look great, but you overcome it. It's just that he has a better arm than Heineke, but I like the competitive the competitiveness that he plays with. He's going to have to get better. He, he, you know, I don't think that this is going to be a winning effort against every week by any means, but there are things that I think he can build on some of that rhythm, some of those rhythm throws you can build on. I think those RPO decisions you can, you can correct. And like, Hey, if you get this, you've just got to go. So watch how he does that the next time. He's a guy that tends to not make the same mistakes twice. And I go back to his footwork sometimes in those RPOs. There was an issue in the first preseason game. He corrected it by the time they got to Baltimore in those, in those practices and then in the game. So that's a thing to watch. How does he handle some of these situations um, a little bit better? Better And again, the Diami one, man, oh man, was that there? And so, you know, what does he do? I think this is the game where you learn and you move on. And you say it's a win and you move and you, and you, you know, there's nothing like learning some lessons in a win, but everything's got to be better, not just with him, but the entire offense. And, and you can look at the play calling too, like how you involve certain guys and when that's all part of it, it's all new. And so there you go. That's my review of the sacks of Sam Howell's game. So join me Tuesday night, 8:30 Eastern time with the voice of the commanders, Graham Weinstein, bring your questions. And then I'll also have another podcast Thursday talking about the Broncos and then on Friday with a keys and prediction to the game. So talk to you next time.